Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football. Good afternoon and welcome to our final show of 2023. Yes, uh, somehow we made it. Uh, there's still a few more days left in the year. Don't 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 have, don't run out to the uh, to the package stores just yet. Uh, there is time. But thank you for being a part of the show. We'll update you. A lot of things happening right now. A lot of games are going on. And we're aware that uh, you're aware of that. But uh, we have some. Fun things in store for you as well, including your phone calls. But first, uh, we have uh, a very, very special guest to uh, join us on our final show of the year. He's had quite a year, Roy Wood Jr., the great comedian. Uh, he did, <laughs> he did the, the White House Correspondents' the, uh, Dinner earlier in the year. He left The Daily Show. And, and Roy, before I even say hello to you, I, wanna, I, I know it's been a busy time of the year. I, 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 I caught uh, some of your uh, material. Uh, apparently, you've been doing jokes lately for Nikki Haley up in New Hampshire. <laughs> Listen, now don't get me caught up in none of that nonsense. I'm here to talk football, not slavery. <laughs> now, it's a pleasure, man. Yo, I used to work up the hall from you years ago in Birmingham, and I never got a chance to speak to you because morning radio is chaos it is a zoo and you just go oh there go paul fireball oh there go tom joiner and oh, well, i'll speak to him tomorrow and then the next thing you know i got fired <laughs> because things you can't say but i said one time too many on the air and they said you gotta go son well i knew you'd never make it uh, back in the day when i didn't talk to you or didn't see you but, <laughs> but you know what I, I i mentioned this to once before but I, I i did work for a long time with your father uh, and I, I don't I know how, mu- how much you care about your, your family, but uh, he was one of the truly outstanding people I've ever been around and one of the great and, and important people in that community and in that state and really for broadcasting in general. Yeah, you know, for everything that my father did, you know, here in Birmingham that I tried to, you know, my father, you know, just for context, he was a journalist journalist like he covered civil rights. He was embedded with Vietnam, with Vietnam troops over in Vietnam. He was over in South Africa covering riots, getting shot at by snipers, like war, war reporting is what my father did. I told jokes on Comedy Central for a decade. Not <laughs> quite the same thing, but it's still a pleasure to be able to do comedy that every now and then tries to touch on some stuff. And, you know, coming up in a city like Birmingham, it's it's always been cool. And, and the hardest thing about the South is to try to get people to understand that the stories, the news that comes out of the South is not always indicative of the people in the South. And we have to be very careful about conflating those two things, especially when, you know, like if we just use college football as an example, it's one of the great connectors of people and just a unifier. And that's one of the things. I grew up selling sodas. Like, you, you remember that time? 
when Alabama was the Alabama football team was kind of homeless for like four or five years when they were doing the renovations on Bryant and Denny. And you would play the big games in Birmingham. You'd come over to Legion Field. If you played Tennessee or the early years of the SEC championship were in Birmingham. I was a stadium vendor at that time. I sold sodas. I saw Peyton. I saw Jamal Lewis. I saw the old ball coach. So you could really see what a sport could do for people in a region, even if it's only for a couple of hours, man. So, you know, to be able to represent that, hopefully in a way, you know, not the same as my father, but to be able to kind of put on for the South and show that there's a lot of good happening down here as well. It's an honor to be able to carry that torch. I had the privilege back then of of sitting in the Legion Field press box where I ate cold hot dogs and had warm Cokes. Uh, So I missed out on on your... (laughs) responsibilities down there but but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned your, your dad though because uh, <laughs> he, he, he was but I, I I know I'm bearing the lead here but I have to ask you uh, because I watched it and, and so did half the free world um, back in the spring when, when you did what is often considered the toughest act in uh, in show business because she forget the Oscars entertaining uh, you know, fake and plastic uh, actors is one thing, but having to speak in front of the president of the United States and, and every know-it-all in, in D.C. Yeah. Uh, is that? I, I know that it was it was it was a smash hit, but it, how how long did do you have to work on a on a on an act like that, or you just you do it without were, notes? You were working jokes up until the day of. Like your job as a comedian, at, at its core, to me, a comedian is a journalist. So you're reporting on either what's happening to you or what's happening to us collectively in the world. So the correspondence dinner is just an opportunity to talk about stuff that's happening to all of us, but the news keeps changing. Everything keeps changing. Everything keeps moving. So you're literally up until the time you're walking to the podium, you're tweaking and changing jokes. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to be funny, but I'm also not trying to be deported. I am a U.S. (laughs) born citizen. But I don't know if I do the wrong joke, then we start changing policies or something like that. Hey, didn't, you know, didn't something, really I'm wild, trying to remember, didn't like, was it, was it when a Trump indicted? Something happened like right before it happened. Uh, yeah, Trump got indicted, right. then a bunch of like Don Lemon got fired, oh, and then Tucker <laughs> called like just chaos. Chaos, Paul Feinbaum, and you're supposed to make jokes about that immediately. The comforting thing about the correspondence <laughs> dinner, though, is that Half the room hates the joke. No matter what joke you do, half the room is going to hate it. So you're just oscillating between the two groups. I'd say a gig that I hosted this year that was probably equally as difficult, but for different reasons, was the all MLB award show. Major League Baseball did their big, kind of like their NFL honors type thing, right? And there were a lot of players in attendance, and I keep looking at the players, and some of the players are not laughing. But then those players won awards, and then they had an interpreter. I'm like, oh, thank God, you don't speak English well enough to get the humor yet. I thought I sucked up here. It's like, would you rather half the room hate you or half the room just not speak your language like formally enough to get humor? And with some of these guys now, I mean, like the, the two players that just signed with the Dodgers, I mean, if, if you upset them, I mean, they could buy your, buy your state or something, couldn't they? Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I am trying to get my son to play into something. Like, it's two things that, that every child needs to understand. Guaranteed contracts and NIL deals. How, <laughs> like, well, I'll get the, the college money football. you can – it's 
Oh, I mean, I'm sure you talked about it on the show, but yeah. it is. I mean, the, the I mean, the jokes do write themselves in my in my field, and and it's not even uh, you know like politics. You don't have to. But did in, in back to your youth for a second? Uh, you selling coke. Were you an Alabama fan growing up? Yeah, you kind of. We moved to Birmingham from Memphis when I was in the fourth grade, and football culture in Memphis is not what it is here. Like, there's no Vols or go moccasins in Chattanooga. Like, you, you weren't forced to choose. When I got to sixth grade at W.J. Christian Middle School in Birmingham, <laughs> it was, hey, Iron Bowl Friday, you wear Bama or Auburn, you choose now, and this is for the rest of your life. And so I just didn't want to be ostracized in class, so I chose Bama. Uh, it's impossible not to fall in love with Alabama football when you come up around it. And I will say that Alabama fans are some of the best tippers in the game, tippers? especially after the second Ooh. half. When those, yeah, well, oh yeah, when those, when those, the, the, when that liquor they snuck in get the flowing through them blood veins, <laughs> oh they tipping good. With <laughs> them, them, them airline bottles, oh them Bama fans know how to smuggle them in the Legion field. We didn't have all the technology they have today to keep the look out the stadiums, but. Yeah, you know, you grow up and you you see all of these guys, and then what's really what's really dope, and being in Birmingham, and you know this when in the time that you were kind of in and around Alabama, I got a chance to meet Jay Barker. You see Mark Ingram at a function. You run into Derek Lassick at the Toys for Tots event, and you really start seeing just how much these players have ingratiated themselves into the community and remain so long after their playing careers professionally have ended. And for me, that's part of what I'm rooting for. It's not just so much the team and the game, whatever, but I'm rooting for what I consider to be genuinely good human beings that I believe will come back and pull positively back into Alabama communities, many of which they've adopted as their own because a lot of these players now, they're not from the state. You know, Saban recruits really well all over the South. So it's some kid who came here to be D-line that's from Texas will still come back here years later and still do a lot of stuff around the community. You know, shout out to Cornelius Bennett. He's still got a football camp on the West side of Birmingham to this day. Roy Wood Jr. Uh, with us for another minute or two. Uh, Roy, when, when you're, you're a comedian, you're used to making jokes. That's what you do in, in very high profile settings. But this year, the, the news flipped back to you. You left, the Daily Show after uh, nearly 10 years and suddenly you're being interviewed, you're on NPR, you're on, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that has to be, uh, I mean, I know you went through that with, with the White House Dinner because you, you were interviewed literally er everywhere, but how weird is that to, to have the boomerang effect, so to speak? What's weird about leaving The Daily Show is that everybody thinks that it's a beef. Like, it's, our country is so drama-filled, we can't believe that something could just run its course, and then you just both amic amicably agree to stop. That's it. Yeah, but what about, what happened? Is it because uh, you're not hosting? Uh, uh, they, they're not sure what they want to do. They have a plan, and it's going to take a while. I don't have a while. So we shook hands, and that was it. It's the only job I've left where I was allowed to clean out my own office. <laughs> so, so that's how peaceful it was. Pinkerton guard didn't come to your desk and say, you're out of here. Let's go. No, no, dude. I hung. I took snacks from the kitchen and everything. It was, it was all love. 
Uh, but you know, I'm excited, man. You know, we're we're writing a couple of TV shows. It, it's a bunch of stuff I can't talk about just yet, but there are wheels in motion, and I'm thankful to still be able to have opportunities within this industry. And, you know, hopefully be able to bring some stuff back down south to shoot as well and create some more jobs down in Bama. Well, we'll let you go on this. Uh, listen, this is a sports show. You know that. Uh, we, 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 I'm asked all the time to make predictions on games. I have nothing, no, no inside information on. I'm assuming you know even less than we do about the game on Monday. Uh, we're heading out there as soon as the show's over. So uh, be famous, mm-hmm. get, get famous and make a prediction. We'll... We'll put it out, and, and, and everybody, uh, on the, I'm hoping on the Michigan side, we'll, we'll start firing, firing at you, uh, hatred and, and, and dislike, because that's, that's the spirit of the season, isn't it? Bro, I got a show in Ann Arbor at the end of January. Why are you going to do this to me? <laughs> I'm going to go with you. That's why. I got a show in Ann Arbor at the end of January. Uh, Alabama, 33 to 21. Roy Wood. 33 to 21 Six, and that and that and that last seven points from Michigan's gonna come late garbage time it's just gonna be to mess up betters and I'll, I'll t- I'm gonna double check your dates I know you don't pay attention to this stuff but I I'm not high on the list of, of Michigan fans so if you want if, if you want if you want to see and I'll, I'll introduce you and you, you you will never even get on because there'll be so much vitriol in the audience uh, Michigan fans, if you want to come and fight me, I'll be in Ann Arbor. Um, I think it's January 25th, so but, just come fight me there, but buy a ticket. Well. <laughs> Roy, I can't tell you how much fun this has been on our final show of the year, and uh, you be well, and we like your prediction, by the way. I appreciate it. Thirty-three twenty-one, Bama. Take that. Roy Wood, plenty of tickets still available for his gig in Ann Arbor. More <laughs> no, they ain't. It just sold out. It just sold out. It just, yeah, it just sold out. Y'all can't come fight me. Sorry about that. <laughs> Roy Wood, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Paul. We'll be right back. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Kentucky has taken the lead late in that game, as you can tell. It's been back and forth. Kentucky should have put this game away earlier, a number of turnovers, but they have the lead back, big Touchdown by, uh, near touchdown by Leary. And we'll update you in a few minutes on where that game is. How about Georgia's loss to Alabama is fueling the team's Orange Bowl outlook. So is uh, looking across the field and seeing a bunch of uh, replacements. These are the uh, players not that are gone for Florida State. A couple of major ones for Georgia, the biggest, of course, being Bowers, but Nothing compares to what's on the other side. Meanwhile, Mizzou prepared for Ohio State, new QB, with the former one already enrolled at Syracuse. Mizzou defense versus Ohio State's offense. A game later today. So that is Nick Saban's dynasty stack up, not with Bear Bryant or maybe some of the great Miami dynasties, but maybe the great... <laughs> The greatest dynasty of all time. Hail Caesar! <laughs> Sam Webb will join us in a few minutes. Covers Michigan. Jay Coker, remember him? Led Alabama to a national championship in 2015. David Hale, who is covering the team that is going to claim a national championship. Matt Stahl wrote the uh, Roman Empire book, and Ross Dellinger has a few uh, epic empire stories of his own. Let's get to some phone calls here. And G starts us off in Atlanta. Hello, G. G, how are you? I, I've been under the weather, Paul. I love a bit, but I'm better. I was in a little automobile tender bender, too. kind of messed me up a little bit. But uh, first of all, I haven't been on since uh, SEC championship. Congratulations, Alabama. Uh, you guys won the game. But, you know, Paul, my beef is with the SEC. Why did they not let us play Oklahoma? Everybody keeps talking about we ran. We had a weak schedule. We didn't want that schedule, Paul. We wanted Oklahoma. Because if we would have played them, we would have been, we'd have been in the um, any uh, championship, you know, you know playing for, at least trying to play for it, you know? Uh, you know, G, I think you're right, and uh, even though I've interviewed everybody uh, top-down, I never really got an explanation that made much sense to me. That game, at worst, should have been played in Dallas, Houston, a neutral site, and it, it really, there was so much contra- uh, controversy about it, and I, I just think it got Georgia off on a bad foot, and I think they needed that game. Oklahoma... <laughs> was a good team. Not a, they turned out to, not to be a great team, but uh, I believe it would have helped Alabama. Uh, excuse me. I believe it would have helped Georgia a great deal. I just want you to know I enjoyed you all this year. And I always enjoyed you, man. And I can't wait to next year. It's been good. And uh, go Alabama and bring it back to the SEC. Uh, that's the type of fan I am. I'm a Bulldog fan, but I'm rooting for the SEC. Have a good one, Paul. Well, gee, uh, let me offer you this before you go. Uh, we always think of you and pray for your your, your battles and, and hoping for, for brighter days ahead. You have a happy new year, and we can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks, G. You be well. Jim is up next. Jimmy, well, actually, I think I lost Jim, but uh, I'll make up for it by going to Bash next. 
How's it going, uh, my Bash brother Paul? Hey, Bash. How are you? I'm doing a lot better today than I was doing yesterday, that's for sure. That is but uh, I am also doing a lot better than G is. Thoughts and prayers go out to him. It's sad to hear about his fender bender with everything he's, he's battling with as well. And just want to start my call with saying that. And, Paul, I just want to address a lot of the comments that your legendary caller made yesterday about me. Is that okay or yeah, is that not it's, allowed? It's, it's, your, it's, it's my party and it's your phone call. Thank you, sir. So Legend came on her yesterday, and the first lie that I just want to address that he said was, my college team sucks, which if he didn't know, my college team is Alabama. So that is literally the biggest lie I've ever heard that has came out of his mouth. The second biggest lie was when he was talking about my pro teams, which my pro teams happen to be the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Denver Broncos. Sure, the Broncos are having a bad season this year. Who else isn't having one? Hey, Bash, you know, if, I could make, if I could uh, maybe trim this call down, is, does Sorry. anyone really care who your pro teams are? Oh, well, apparently Legend does because uh, no, he, he made the, uh, Let me assure you, he doesn't care. I mean, the essence of his call yesterday was all about my pro team's owner, coach, quarterback, and Okay, well, Bash, maybe you're right, but I don't care, so speed it up. My bad. So, addressing you all that, the- Legend... You're an absolute liar. You should know that my college team is Alabama. We come from the same land. We should agree to disagree on a lot of things, but the one thing we can agree on is Bill O'Brien is literally the devil. And we can hate each other as much as we want, but we can both agree we hate him. Happy New Year, Bash. We'll take a short break. Uh, We will talk about the Michigan Wolverines right after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hey, welcome back. It's great to have all of you with us. And Sam Webb joins us now. Uh, he uh, runs a Michigan uh, website and YouTube channel, obviously covers the Wolverines very closely. Also a uh, host on 
radio in Michigan, and uh, what a what a week it's already been, Sam, and uh, some of the comments flying back and forth. Uh, Alabama acting like the, the Connor Stallions is still alive and well. Put it all into perspective for us as we say hello to you. Hey, Paul. Glad to be here, man. Uh, perspective is you can't reason with people who think you need to scout scrubs, which is essentially what this whole uh, you know sign gate thing was all about. Michigan had to steal signs to beat Bowling Green and East Carolina and UNLV. These are the teams that Michigan rolled over by, what, three, four touchdowns? So maybe Connor Stallions gave them a uh, a seven point you know advantage. So instead of beating them by four touchdowns, they would have beat them by three. I, I think it's one of those things that is easy to grab hold of. It's not to say that Michigan didn't do anything wrong. I mean, if if this everything that we have heard about Connor Stallions is true, that is a violation. I think the level of violation is what I think people and especially the Michigan players uh, take issue with the the notion that their success was wholly contingent upon this sign stealing thing, I think is grading them. And if you're looking for a chip on your shoulder as a team that's been in the playoff for the last couple of seasons, I think it's that. I think it's that people have used that as a vehicle to sort of undermine their success. And so now you go out like you did against Penn State, like you did against Ohio State. Now you got a chance to do against Bama and just show them you didn't even need the signs to beat those teams. And let's see if they can do it again. Sam, we hear, especially here, so much about Alabama, you know, the first-class program, Nick Saban, go all that. But which brings me to why? Why do you think uh, Alabama made an issue out of this? Considering even, even the, the most severe critic of, of Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh knows that part of the that, that part of the equation is over. There, was there really a need to to talk about changing signals and a uniform iPad? Uh, I mean, I. It just seemed over the top to, to a number of people. Yeah. What about you? I mean, it's ironic. So <laughs> you're worried about Michigan maybe having access to your your practice materials, your signs or what have you, based on iPads, you just hired George Hilo. So like you got <laughs> you got the you got the Intel machine right there in house. So I mean I, I you know, I can't you can't really get caught up in it. I, I think some of it is gamesmanship. I think the other part of it is you know, it, it it heightens the focus of your team. I think the other part of it is, and you know this, Paul, you've been around these coaches, you've been around Nick. Insanely paranoid. All these coaches are. That's why you do have, you actually had coaches who were saying that this was a player safety. Insanely paranoid. So I think all of that kind of plays into it. At the end of the day, I think it's much ado about nothing. Just like if, you know, with, with the Hilo thing, if George Hilo winds up being, a a differentiating characteristic in this game uh, a a factor that was so hugely in alabama's favor that it contributed largely to their success that's a michigan problem that's not that's not a rule violation or anything like that's michigan's fault for not being prepared for not switching things up in a manner in which you would think a team at that level would switch things up and they're going to play other top competition so i think this ipad thing again it's it's insanely paranoid gamesmanship harbaugh had his players throw their ipads out too uh one of the roman wilson was just talking about that you didn't show it in the clip but he was just saying hey coach harbaugh started talking about this back in november and he just had us throw out our ipads uh this week as well so all the i guess i guess it's all the teams in the playoff are going to throw out their ipads now so sam let me get to what i think is the maybe a factor that everybody is looking past but you've already alluded to 
and that's the chip on the shoulder. They're the number one team in the country. They have the, the advantage from a point spread standpoint, even the power ratings. But get, go deeper on the fact that Michigan seems like we, we're, we're being disrespected, uh, especially by our opponents. Yeah, man, I think it's funny. As you, if you watch early in the season, Michigan, they were rolling over these teams that they apparently, allegedly, supposedly needed signs to beat. Then when they started rolling over them afterwards, so afterwards it was Michigan State and Purdue, the teams immediately after Connor Stallions was let go. Oh, well, now you're beating up on teams you're supposed to beat up on. I mean, which, which is it? Now you get to the end of the season, which was clearly the meat of the schedule for Michigan. And the issue wasn't signs. I don't even think it was the strength of, of schedule as much as it was the health. Strength of schedule had something to do with it, but you had a team who got really banged up and especially at the quarterback position late in the season. That's when the struggles really started to happen. So you, you had injuries heading into the Penn State game, but coming out of the Penn State game was when J.J. McCarthy was injured. Of course, you had Harbaugh being out, and that's adversity too. But J.J. McCarthy barely practiced leading up to the Maryland game. I mean, they, you barely could walk during the week. So here you had a guy who goes out on light practice, clearly not 100%, clearly can't run the football, and you got to figure out a way to still win games when a major component of your offensive arsenal is down. And they figured <laughs> out a way to do that. Now he's healthy, and so the the thought is that all of their weaponry is going to be at their disposal, and we'll see what that looks like when they take the field in the Rose Bowl. Sam, so let's let's get to the, the heart of the matter, all, all this other stuff ceases to really exist come late Monday afternoon. Uh, do you give Michigan an advantage in this game based on what I'm, I think I'm hearing from you? Yeah, I do. I do. I think uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, first of all, I respect Jalen Milrow a lot. I, I mean, I think this is one of the best stories in college football. I heard him go out there. He was talking about how Bill O'Brien told him he shouldn't even be a quarterback. I'm not, I think Bill O'Brien's been overrated since he was at Penn State, just my opinion. So I was, I'm rooting for the young man to, to go out and show that he can do the job. But I don't think he's just talking about Bill O'Brien. I think he's talking about Tommy Reese, too, because he did get benched early in the season for a guy who couldn't even play at Notre Dame, who's playing lacrosse right now, and he put that guy in over Jalen Milrow. So I'm giving him a lot of credit for what he's emerged as as a quarterback this season. But I think Michigan has the advantage at the quarterback position when J.J. McCarthy is healthy because he can run the ball, too. He was the key to Michigan's run game completely opening up. The fact that he can get to the perimeter on run plays, he is a legit threat to uh, on a lot of those, a uh, lot of those zone replays to, to take it a long way. He's a legit four or five guy. And you can see it on film, how teams respect him so much that it opens up running lanes for the running back. And he is a plus passer. He was one of the most, he was the most efficient passer in the country of course, until late in the season where you start getting all the injuries racking up. Now with them healthy, I think you got the two-way go at the quarterback position. I think that's truly the difference. Yes, Michigan is going to want to run the football. Yes, we saw some teams run it against Bama like Auburn, and Michigan is going to do that. But the key to this game, the difference, biggest difference in this game is going to be J.J. McCarthy, and I think he's the reason Michigan is going to win. Well done. Fantastic conversation, Sam. We appreciate you uh, coming on board and, and saying what few of our callers have said about Tommy Reese. Most people have concluded that that was all by design. You bench your starter and you uh, go down to number three on your depth chart, and it was all a hidden plan by Nick Saban and Tommy Reese. I don't think so. I think I think Nick, with the Tommy Reese, said, you know what, man? Th this is how we're going to do it. Because you notice 
Hey, Paul, you've been around Nick Saban a long time. You see how Steve Sarkeesian is running his offense in Texas? You see him doing all that tricky stuff in Bama? You're going to run. You can run your offense, but you're going to run it with some parameters when you're playing, when you're coaching for Nick Saban. And Tommy Reese was coloring outside the lines when he benched his quarterback. I think Nick, this is my opinion, speculation, I think Nick kind of had to give him a come-to-Nick meeting and tell him, this is how we're going to do it. Put my quarterback back in the game and let's go. And you've seen things start to work better ever since. Fantastic conversation with Sam Webb. Thank you very, very much. We'll see you out there tomorrow. Sam, we appreciate you coming on. Much more to come. We've already had a pretty wild first hour with Roy Wood Jr. If you missed it, I feel sorry for you. Uh, Sam Webb, we'll take a short break. Uh, Kentucky has gone down to Clemson and literally blowing uh, several leads. And 21-10 was the biggest. Uh, that is a loss that will sting into the offseason. Another ball loss for Mark Stoops. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back, and uh, let's check in with John in Louisville. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon, and uh, my daughter and I hope to see you out there Monday morning. Uh, we'll, we'll be at the parade, so I'll swing over and hope to see you. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll be. Uh, I, I learned today that we'll be riding on a float. <laughs> hey, Paul. What's more, before I get to my predictions, what's more awkward, uh, Mark Stoops' uh, news conference after this game, or uh, the 1 a.m. Twitter message that uh, he turned down an offer that was pulled? Yeah, no, it's been. Uh... A rather difficult four weeks for Mark Stoops ever since he beat Louisville. Yeah, no. Hey, and uh, I'm going to get to the predictions, but uh, I loved uh, Sam's quote. Um, Saban talked to Tom Reese when he was coloring outside the lines when he pulled Milroy. I thought that yeah. was a great quote. That was, that was, Sam was really good. Hey. Yeah, he knows his stuff. So here, I'm going to go through the games real quick. Um, Ohio State will beat Mizzou. Uh, by double digits, they still have enough talent. Ole Miss will upset Penn State. I know Penn State's favored by about five, but as you and I say, James Franklin lives at the corner of good recruiting and poor uh, coaching. Uh, Texas will win uh, over Washington by double digits as well. Now the last and big game, and uh, I know this game's personal to you, and two of my favorite callers are Legend and you know um, Handsome Joe. You know, they've been through a lot in life. They're great callers. I don't want to get screen test uh, by uh, Larry, and I don't want to lose my Black Hat membership card. You're going but... Michigan. I can feel it. 
<laughs> well, here's why. I think they're two great teams. They're evenly matched. I think uh, Alabama's got much more talent, as you said, better speed. But the two areas that I think uh, are of concern is Michigan can rush the ball, and Alabama is outside the top 30 in rush defense. And the other is they don't protect Milrow enough, and Michigan's great at crushing the quarterback. But I will, I will say this, albeit, that if Milrow can have a great game because he's been carrying the team and avoid the uh, turnovers, they'll win. But i got to put my money with Michigan by three. Yeah, I understand that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, you've heard me enough. I'm, I'm not emphatic uh, about this. I, 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 there's some, there's some intangibles I don't like for, from the Alabama side, John. But uh, I, I do like the, the preparation king versus uh, the khaki pants guy. Hey, thank you. I'll see you out there Monday. Cat Daddy is up next. Cat Daddy. Big ball look good, shining good. I got to tell you, I was sitting here watching that Clemson game. And was the referees ACC officials? Because they sure seem to be like that. No, they never They never let the – I don't think they let the officials uh, from either conference in the game. Well, I'm going to tell you what. That was so – I just uh, – Kentucky was running so fast. Well, yeah, I mean, so you, might wanna, you might want to not blame the, the officials. You might want to blame the Kentucky uh, defensive coordinator for – an absolute dreadful uh, approach. It looked like he borrowed the Auburn defensive coordinator on that final drive. Well, that's true, but they looked so good during the game and it fell yeah, apart. Well, I just, well, that's football, but I agree with what John just called about all of his selections. I agree with him 100%. Roll Tide, you are going to be our next national champions again. Yeah, they were Pac-12 officials. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And let's check in with Archie next in North Carolina. <laughs> Hey, uh, how you doing, Paul? Hey there. Uh, I think uh, Alabama's going to beat Michigan 39-24. And um, I I just wanted to talk about Jerry Moreau. I think he's one of the best Alabama quarterbacks since Jalen Hurts in the Alabama era. They've had some pretty good ones since then. Hey, thank All you right. for the call, Archie. You bet. Uh, Roy is up next in Texas. Oh, hello, Roy. Mr. Feinbaum, man, how are you doing, sir? We are doing great. Thank you. Sir, I was raised in Michigan from 63 to 76. My dad retired Air Force. I loved Michigan as a kid. Then I moved to Tuscaloosa in 95 and stayed until uh, well, 85 to 95. Well, actually, longer than that, 96. So... I'm hoping that Michigan wins, and check this out. I'm also hoping that his brother, the coach of the uh, Ravens, also wins the Super Bowl. Now, when was the last time you've ever heard of two brothers in two different leagues, college and pro, win win the uh, championship game in the same year? That's what I really really want to see. I did hear of two brothers who played each other once in the Super Bowl, but I've lost track of what family they came from. Dr. Bulldog is up next. Happy New Year to you and your family and all the fine callers on this station. I'm very much charged up to close out the year with a with a pissed-off Georgia team, a focused Georgia team. It's not our fault that Florida State has a lot of opt-outs and they're still bitching and complaining about what transpired. So, you know, Georgia's going to, you know, cover the 20-point spread, and I am a betting man. I say tell everybody the later 20-and-a-half points 
I say 45-7. Last year against TCU, put up 65, and everybody was scared of the number prior to the game because TCU was on the road. Remember that, Paul? And they oh, just sure. beat Michigan. No, I, I think, but I think this is really just the score of this game is entirely dependent on what kind of mood Kirby Smart is in in the third quarter. Yeah, absolutely, brother. That's a good point. But I'm I'm energized about my Bulldogs. Nobody can complain about the non-conference schedule next year because that schedule is loaded at Kentucky, at uh, Alabama, at Texas. But let's finish this year 13-1. and one. Now, that being said, you know, Alabama, man, they're going to mop the floor with Michigan. And I say that because I don't trust Harbaugh in a big spot. You know, I mean, it's not because I'm an SEC guy. It's because I know what Alabama's done in the past. I know the recruiting thing because I'm in a recruiting uh, geek, if you will. You know, I think Kool-Aid McKistry and Raheem Otis, the middle, uh, the nose guard, and uh, Dallas Turner, they're going to do a number on J.J. McCarthy. You know, I'm not impressed with Michigan's quarterback. You know, they, they you know, down the stretch, you know, against Ohio State, I think he had like under 200 yards passing in a big game. and But, you know, Kool-Aid McKistry and those cats that I mentioned, Alabama's going to smoke them. I, Georgia did it two years ago. Harbaugh in the big spot. To me, Harbaugh's overrated, you know. And uh, I just think that, uh, you know, Alabama's going to do the thing 33 to 14, if you will. And the other one, I think Texas, the, the line is a scrimmage. I, I like the big boy in the middle on defense, Devontae. Uh, I, I forget his last name, one of them, Barty and Ward. But 6'4", 362. I don't. I like Penix at Washington, but Texas has too much on the line of scrimmage. They're big, fast, massive, you know, and uh, they got receivers on that side too. They're going pro, a couple of guys, and you know, I really don't like Quinn Ewers at the next level. But we talking about college, and uh, I'm not. Hey, pretty we're right, unfortunately out of time, but we thank you for the call from L.A. Uh, former Bama national championship quarterback Jake Coker. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.